2: It's Jim Kramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
1: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Kington here with Jim Kramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. After several days of softer than expected data, ADP now comes in light ahead of Friday's jobs number. Futures give up some ground and yields fall. 10-year now defending 330. That's close to a six-month low. Our roadmap begins with the macro picture. ADP coming in below expectations. Walmart affirming its guidance and FedEx cutting some costs. J&J upping its offer to nearly $9 billion to settle these cancer lawsuits related to its baby powder. And the president's warning on AI, calling it potentially dangerous and urging big tech to keep it safe. Let's begin with the markets after the Dow and the S&P snapped those four-day win streaks. Jim, some discussion about whether directionally market is now using bad news as bad news.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think yesterday was one of those days where we just said, well, be careful what you wish for. Uh, maybe we have more bank failures. Jamie Dimon's note and uh, the jolts, the job openings, made people say, well, wait a second. Maybe we have to have a real rough patch before we finally get to the promised land. And then you have Mester last night, who literally is like on a autopilot. She's just you know, she's very powerful, very smart, by the way. So she speaks with a, a level of certainty that makes you think the rates are going higher. Ignore everything that's happening. And then you come in, and it's the same old, you watch the tape, the crawl underneath, same old banks being attacked again for new reasons. And you say to yourself, wow, I don't want to get ahead of the game. So maybe I take some profits, and that's what I see happening. Uh,
1: Jim mentions Mester, of course, uh, saying that rates probably need to go above 5 and then hang out there, sort of painting this picture of what some are calling now a restrictive pause. Take a listen. Precisely how much higher the Fed funds rate will need to go from here and for how long policy will need to remain restrictive will depend on how much inflation and inflation expectations are moving down. And that will depend on how much demand is slowing, supply challenges are being resolved, and price pressures are easing. Although after PCE and ISM and JOLTS and we'll find out about services today, is there any doubt those things are slowing down? I don't think there's any doubt at all.
2: And obviously credit's harder to come by. And uh, I think that what you're seeing when you see these big tech stocks go up, that's people saying, listen, I know that they'll do OK because they don't need to borrow any money. But small and medium-sized businesses were waiting. Now, uh, Paychex is the largest pay- payroll processor of them, and they say pay- small and medium-sized businesses are still doing quite well. Cintas, biggest provider of uniforms, saying business is still really well. But I just, I got to t- t- tell you, Carl, I mean, I think what, that Ms. Mester's a little off the mark based on what we've seen in the last four weeks, and the last four weeks, I think, do matter. I mean, I think there's a lot of sense of how bad is it, are the loan losses, how, how bad is the held maturity? even though the Fed window is open. Uh, who's next? This who's next drumbeat every day. I mean, look, if I worked at First Republic, I would say, oh, my God, every day. I mean, Barry Stern, like yesterday, was saying some great things about how First Republic has this really loyal client base. But there was a defection yesterday of a major group of people who handled wealthy people from First Republic to another, went to another bank. And I say to myself, okay, are the rats, well, not rats, are the the big brokers fleeing the ship? Right. And that's what those guys are. Those assets go out the door every every night. So, I mean, that's the one, it's like, we almost want to say, okay, just please get a lifeline so we can move on. Right.
1: Uh, it's it is a, a cloudy picture. Um, for example, we got a double upgrade of First Citizens. Got an upgrade of Zion today. Wow, and, and that was
2: under the category it, of enough. Yep. I can't. De- I mean, that's how we all feel. We come in and it's like, okay, enough. All right, do we do we have to have a new metric that explains why Zion's is not good? I mean, I mean, the attack today. There's a good piece in Bloomberg. The next next is TDT. I was going to ask you about and the this. This is very much like 1990 to 1992, where the shorts. Would tell you, okay, listen, we're going against Bank of Boston. Uh, we can take that to zero. Now we are go Security Pacific. That's next. And then they ran into the Nations Bank, and Nations Bank just said, no, it's over. And then you know the flashbacks broke. That there was the guys who would tell you which bank is next. Yeah.
1: But in that case, shooting fish in a barrel. People are pointing so. to fundamental issues like. Uh, they're tied with Schwab and Canadian housing, things that we've already agreed are actually happening.
2: Right. But I, at the same time, I mean, Schwab does a pretty sticky base. Now, we do have to worry. They did make a lot of loans. I think they've got good collateral, uh, but I feel like we're shadow boxing. Like every day we come in and, well, today they're going to operate on. And then I have I have a chart that is put together about who's next, you know. And when you look at who's next, oh, well, look at this. And oh, there's JP Morgan uh, it looks like that Western Alliance is in more trouble than we thought. Holy cow, first Republic. No, it, it like, no, it, it, these things, they can borrow from the discount window. They're obviously, companies that you might not want to buy. I mean, look, I see First Horizons in this chart. And I say to myself, wow, okay, maybe that's why TD walked away from the buy of First Horizon. But we can do this every day. Or we can focus on the fact that a Federal Express, a really big, good company, Reports it, it, just a fabulous idea, which is to make it so it's one company. Yeah. Conagra reports a very yeah. good wow, number. The pricing it's on good, Conagra, incredible. right? Just good. Apple, someone actually upgrades it. Uh, NVIDIA's always down five before the day. <laughs> I saw your small. Like, well, It's like enough. It's like okay, <laughs> you know, Nvidia. You know what Nvidia is like? I'm going to take Nvidia and and I give you five. All right. So then that's the line. And at the end of the day, maybe should have given you eight. We're playing a betting line of stocks. And I don't like that. Palantir is the betting line. I'm going to take the over Palantir. I'm, I'm draftkings Kingsing this whole market. I, I like Jason Robbins. I like DraftKings. But I think that between Warren Buffett and DraftKings, Warren Buffett. <laughs> par- I mean, is good. It's, I mean, you know, and yes. they expand as they go in every state. and They have a great app, you know. It's the app that shows you, like, right now, Western Alliance, I think you have to give, you get seven is it a if you take Western Alliance. You get seven. <laughs> yeah, it's a parlay with, with, with Swab. You're right. And you're, the payoff is so immense, you got to play.
1: Well, Jim mentions two of the very big stories this morning. Uh, well-known companies hosting investor events today. Walmart, uh, reaffirming their guidance as they expect 65% of stores uh, to be serviced by automation by the end of fiscal 26. And then there's FedEx, as Jim said, announcing plans to consolidate its operating units into one organization by June of 24, boosting the dividend by 10%, Jim. Supermanian's going to lead uh, the, the group. Um, again, they're trying to cut $4 billion in
2: cost well, by, uh, look, by 25. I think they can do it. And Raj is on the show tonight. Anyone who, who's been on the FedEx calls, FedEx calls are really, they've been a thing of beauty under, under uh, Fred Smith, previous CEO, founder, But they always had these, okay, so now they would have these different divisions. They would talk. And it was almost as if they were different companies. And you got the sense that they were fiefdoms uh, and that the fiefdoms all had their own set of administrators. And that's all going away. And so it's kind of this white collar. We don't need all these people. When when FedEx, when Raj came on the show the first time, he just said, look, business is bad, uh, but we're going to triumph over it. I think this man is proving to be... Uh, a, great, a great second act of FedEx.
1: Does that chart look to you like res- impending recession? I mean, isn't it a volume macro bellwether FedEx?
2: I think FedEx is very important. We want to hear what he says about actual uh, business right. that they're doing. But they're going to have so much leverage if they get a lot of business because they've got they had a lot of fad. Now, uh, you know, that's, that's too mean. They were set up as different companies because as, they, as Fred added new companies, they made them divisions. And it, it, it was hard-pressed to, like, say, listen, that division should be another division. I mean, he did the right thing. But if you have the same amount of, of, po- of postal product right. and you have the head count down, then you can understand why the dividend's just beginning to go up. Right. I like the story very much.
1: Yeah, as you said, you talked to and I think, in September. Oh, was he negative? Mad, which was sort of setting up this, this entire new framework. Take a listen to that.
2: Russia, are we going to a worldwide recession? Well, I'm not an economist, but, you know. Oh, I'll, you know more than economists. Uh, Come on. They, don't, they just push papers. You actually look at papers. Well, I, I, I think
0: so. I, I, you think uh, we are going I, to a worldwide I, recession? I, I, I think so. But, you know, again, these, uh, these numbers don't portend very well.
1: So we'll want to hear about
2: Vox. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that he was very straightforward. He, should, he was, um, when I dealt when I really drew down, I mean, I was shaking after that interview. I remember, I said, you, yeah, I remember you saying that. I was shaking. Yeah. And he said, look, each week has deteriorated. And he really did have better numbers. I mean, each week was going down. If that stopped, wow. And remember, Europe's gotten quite strong. People don't realize. You have to look at Bank Santander. You can't look at whatever's happening with the Swiss. That's just a craziness. But Europe is doing better. I mean, as my friends who in Europe say, count the cranes, Jim. Count the cranes and then tell me whether there's many cranes in any city in America. There's not.
1: As for Walmart, uh, we mentioned the guide. Uh, Doug says that like, McMillan says inflation is still going to be an issue this year right. and that the mixed pressure is probably going to persist.
2: But the, the, I knew he'd be self-effacing. He was incredibly self-effacing. But they have a lot of good things going. And I think that when we talk about warehouse robots, we know from Amazon, which is doing it, by the way, a, a warehouse of the future, which really is like kind of... Roomba meets uh, AI. But when you can automate these things, again, when I talk about leverage, I want people to understand what I mean is not debt. I mean that if you hit this fixed cost down and the orders come up, you get these bountiful margins. And I think Walmart's going for margin growth, which is really sensational. Because we we haven't gotten that from Walmart. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah, the automation part, I mean, we talk about AI. uh, There's a piece in Fortune today about Chipotle automating food prep. The actual slicing and dicing of chicken? See,
2: they understand. Jack Hartung, who's a remarkable, and Brian nickel They really get, if they can get the cost down uh, and have Mr. Chippy, they have a robot for Chippy, and they do this stuff. And they really understand. They understand AI, too. I don't know if they've called Jensen Wang if, at NVIDIA. And I don't know whether. the, are they bringing back the darn brisket, which was <laughs> such a killer? But they get that if you have fewer people behind the counter, the leverage is great. That's why that stock is going much higher.
1: So, as the, if the, if people start wringing their hands about, about macro and, uh, and declining economic activity, you're going to be looking for names that... Ha- Triumph
2: over it. But that well, are looking to offset through operating yeah. leverage. Okay, so look, the original guy was uh, Zuckerberg, right? Now He came in, he does one series the, of the cuts. The patron
1: saint of efficiency, yeah. is that Well, what I mean, is? Like,
2: you know, I, he's Mr. Pink Slip. He does one set of cuts, then does the second set of cuts... And now we find that Instagram's up 300 basis points. There was an upgrade to today of Meta. It looks like that a lot of things are going right. Don't forget, every day TikTok shoots itself in the foot. You can use Reels. So this is the ultimate. That turned out to be the one. And then Palo Alto, on the other hand, of, listen, we're done losing money. We're going to make money, but on a gap basis. These are the two. It's Palo Alto and Meta. Hmm. And everybody wants to be those, okay? And if you are those, you've got a stock that's going to go higher. Not low. Uh,
1: it's funny you mentioned Meta because we get another upgrade today. It's Argus. Mm-hmm. They stop. go to buy 270. Jeffries also brings numbers up.
2: Well, look, they, even though they gave these pay packages, you know, get five months in full pay, what, what they've accomplished is, is something that no one thought would happen, which is that they had this division of Instagram where they fired a lot of people. And the rev, revs went up. You fire people, revs go up. Wow. And that's what's happening at Meta. Yeah. Although the, the,
1: one of the takeaways from, say, jolts yesterday was that the labor market may be settling into a period where employers, you know, they scale back their hiring plans, but they can do it without mass layoffs, right? That's sort of what J.P. Morgan was hinting they at can. last night.
2: And, and, you know, one of the things that, I mean, just to go back to NVIDIA, the, the speed with which people are adopting this thing is, is just crazy. You um, mean a- a- AI? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, people are, like, sitting there saying, hey, you know what? We really can get rid of people with this today, today, because it's more efficient. Now, they started, Jensen was talking initially, the CEO, about call centers. But now we're starting to see people saying, you know what, copywriters, ad companies, right. Instagram, we can use Instagram to make This is a really big thing. Instagram, Adobe, NVIDIA. In other words, single practitioner puts a product up, looks just like a major company.
1: It would this be fascinating right if, if the companies that some argued got too fat ended up becoming the biggest disciples of, well, of corporate cost. I mean, when you go
2: back and you I mean, I'm waiting for Target. Target's very much in sync and the stock hasn't gone up yet. I just think AI is the story. Jensen Huang when he says it's like the iPhone, when he says it's like the 386, 46, how do, who are we to doubt this guy?
1: We're going to talk more about uh, NVIDIA through the lens of Google today and some of these... <laughs> claims about the speed of supercomputing. We'll get to J&J.
2: You know what? They're getting rid of staples. Let me (laughs) tell you something. You know what happens next? The staples themselves. (laughs) J&J agreed to to pay
1: nearly $9 billion uh, to settle these
2: claims over
1: talc products. Uh, The stock arising on that news. Jim's got quite a take on that for the club, I know, last night. Take a look at futures here. Uh, A lot more Squawk in the Street continues after a break.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses,
1: Johnson & Johnson announcing it has agreed to pay $8.9 billion over 25 years to settle allegations its talcum products, including baby powder, cause cancer. In a regulatory filing, J&J says more than 60,000 claimants have committed to support the proposed resolution, which does have to be approved by a bankruptcy court. The company also says its subsidiary, LTL Management, has refiled for 11, adding that neither the original filing nor this refiling is an admission of wrongdoing nor an indication that J&J has changed its longstanding position that its talcum powder products are safe. Jim, I know you took a crack at what this means for the shares yesterday.
2: big, I think, disconnect between what happened here last night and what the media is reporting. This is an agreement between the plaintiffs, of which, by the way, it turns out there's 20,000 more plaintiffs than we thought, and the company to give an 8.9, largest settlement ever, uh, in order to be able to make it so that everybody, the vast majority, the supermajority are satisfied, and now they have to go in front of a judge, the judge who actually agreed that this strategy worked, Judge Kaplan Philadelphia, and get it approved. These things are all, there's only one case I remember where it was thrown out, which is the NFL uh, concussion case, where the NFL said listen, you guys, the players can have $750 million, whatever, and the judge said that's ridiculous, it's much too low. This, I think, is a real, I don't. nothing's a slam dunk in courts, but this is it. The existential crisis is over. A lot of people felt this could be $20, 30000000000 billion. J&J's got a AAA balance sheet. Now they're ready to do the split-off, where they're going to split up the consumer products and keep the medical devices and the pharma. And the fact that the stock's up 4 or 5 is comes from this notion that it's just a proposal that J&J has floated, not an agreement between J&J and the, and the plaintiffs. Right. And that's what it is. And people have to, The narrative's got to stop. There's a lot of false narrative all morning, everywhere. This is the... This is the plaintiffs one is Now, why would the plaintiffs ever agree to this? Well, how about the fact that the Supreme Court is made up of people who are ready to make it so that the plaintiffs' parts finished? That this whole thing is done and they're not going to be involved. And all you do is set up, a, set up a company and you pay off and you don't need any plaintiffs' work. This is the last, I would say, this is the stand of the plaintiffs of... We gotta get this done before the Supremes get this. Right. Because we're gonna lose in front of this new Supreme Court. So you think which they it,
1: will. So you think it sticks? Yes. And, and then what? Pay out? It's a but in terms of your, how you how you view this. I got my
2: JNJ. I mean Jane this was what kept it back. Change right. is the fastest growing pharma. The consumer products group is just pristine. It's band-aids, it's neutrogena, but it can be consolidated in the group. The fact that it's up four is because people don't understand that it's done. That judge, Kaplan, has said, this is the method we want. You use it. The Third Circuit cannot, which rejected Kaplan's method, they cannot reach down and say, wait a second, we don't like this settlement. They can't. It's not the way jurisprudence is done in the country. This is a big fund. The plaintiffs agree. The money's going to go. They do, you know, there's a footnote that mentions asbestos and and the W.R. Grace. We never want, if you're J.J., you want nothing about asbestos. J.J. is just saying, listen. We're not admitting or denying, but we are willing to give the biggest settlement ever. And the plaintiffs are more than willing to do it because one year from now, I think the plaintiffs recognize this Supreme Court is set up. This is a Trump Supreme Court, OK? And it is set up to blast the plaintiff's form. They do not like this jackpot justice. So I think that this is a chance to pay up 10 for change. Wow. up 10. All right. Well, watch it, obviously. The analysts they- didn't understand it. I mean, I spent a lot of time going over with these guys. It- it really is. It's done. Good deal for everybody. Yeah, I we'll,
1: we'll watch it. Big implications, obviously, for the Dow as well. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell in about nine minutes. Take a final look at futures
0: here. Back after a break. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: Let's get Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell.
2: Is the magic back or not? That's what we're thinking about Disney. Michael Nathanson, in a kind of a pseudo mia culpa, is talking about, hey, listen, I went really positive on it. It hasn't worked yet. But well, let's not forget, the free cash flow is good. Now, we have Bank of America saying, continue to in the parks. So I say, everyone was saying to me the other day, Jim... Come on! I mean, it, it, it's not nothing's happening here. There's no secession, other than Sunday night, of which I missed <laughs> this weekend. I, don't tell me no spoilers. But what's really happening here, I think, is is that you're beginning to get a sense that maybe it's worth a lot more because it's got theme parks. Netflix doesn't have theme parks, uh, and don't just focus on the linear TV. And I like this call. My child just owns it. I've been suffering mightily because I believed it. Uh, so far, I've been proven wrong, Yep. Uh, but I think that Iger uh, understands the problems, understand you need better free cash flow, and he's going to deliver. Uh,
1: B of A's point is that it, some of the early work is, has been regarding cost, Yes. but that there's still big strategic decisions, namely uh, what to do with Hulu. Hulu, and how big the Disney umbrella is on direct-to-consumer.
2: Right. Look, I think that one of the things that, it, and that was a good straightforward piece, the Nathan's piece is a little more existential, which is basically... Uh, Wow, I mean, it can't be. This is Disney, and it's got to be worth more than it's selling for. Because look, look at all the some of the parts. And then it says, but I'm not really doing a some of the parts analysis. But the but the parts, if you add the sum, <laughs> is pretty good. But no sum. And, and I like, I'll come on, buddy. To be or not to be that? No, no. <laughs> just don't give me that. Hey,
1: remember the Needham piece about uh, Apple buying and Disney? I mean, the whole thing, that whole People framework.
2: would love to talk about Disney, but I would tell you that I think that this stock, if Bob Iger just goes to work talks to people, talks to the creative people, comes up with some ideas, stock goes to 110. Yeah.
1: We're gonna talk about China regarding Disney yes! and Apple, some other names as well. We'll get the opening bell in about uh, four and a half minutes. Don't go anywhere.
2: Our five-year plan calls for us to grow profitability faster than sales. We know where our price gaps need to be, and we'll manage them as we grow profit faster than sales through productivity and business mix. As it relates to capital investments, it's exciting that we have so many places to invest in our business and earn a strong return.
1: That's Doug McMillan of Walmart on their investor day talking about the five-year plan. Also, Jim saying um, supply chain's in better shape. Yes. Inventory's a little cleaner.
2: Don't forget, they've got the better drones for those who want to compare them to Amazon. Look, I think that they're doing incredibly well. I think one of the missing things, and I've said to Doug this, it's like, hey, Doug, the stores look great. I mean, you never talk about the stores. I mean, You walk in, and instead of having the uh, Big Debbie's, Little Debbie's cookies that basically just say, listen, I need you right now to be on McGovey, uh, they've got natural food everywhere. I mean, when I took my wife to Walmart, she goes like, this can't be Walmart. They have the biggest natural food. What, you food think ever. it was Whole Foods? Yeah, well, she said, what is this? And then the pricing is so great. The pricing of the private label is terrific. The pricing of their clothes is great. I they're really at a time where the consumer is hurt by inflation, the place to shop, other than Costco, it supports numbers tonight. Yep. And when they come out and you think they're disappointing, give me a break. It's business as usual. We've talked a bit about
1: the street's expectations for Costco. Let's get the opening bell here. And the CNBC real-time exchange with the big board. It is Trinet, human resources provider for small and medium-sized businesses. At the NASDAQ, it's 4Leaf Acquisition Port, celebrating its recent IPO. Jim, you mentioned ConAgra earlier, speaking of pricing. I mean, price mix up 15. And volume's down nine.
2: But it still nets out positive. It it, raised the guidance. Yep. And, and I think that some of that is because. I mean, look, cut out is a very complicated story because they did not take more price. They took price, but they do have organic sales at 6.1%. <laughs> Just earnings, 31%. I'm very happy with that. I think that they, the new products are doing well. Adjusted margins are very good. You, you, you've got a, you you've got a decent story. I, I think what people want to hear, though, is, is that. There's no degradation when they raise price, and so there is some degradation. But as far as I'm concerned, ConAgra is an inexpensive stock in a market where people have decided that only General Mills works. And General Mills, because they've got, uh, General Mills has really good numbers, because uh, they have Blue Buff. But I, Conagra's, ConAgra's a good story, 3.5% yield. Uh, they're going to talk about that. even even started to really redo their popcorn line, which is very important. People are, focused on, if you want to get stepped back for a second, it's cheaper to eat at home. And if you want to know what is, let's say you're watching, say, Night Agent. Okay, you're watching Night Agent, which I'll put in the category of cliche but good. Yep. They're going to tell you, listen, you want to have popcorn. And that is where they are. They are the binge treat, they actually talk about this, by the way. They identify, with well, if you binge, you binge with <laughs> Yeah. You don't binge with Chef Boyardee anymore, you yeah. binge with Conag. You-
1: Um, The two big gainers are are the stories we've already covered, namely J&J and FedEx.
2: Remember again, J&J, it's not a proposal from J&J where they're waiting to hear what the plaintiffs are doing. It's the opposite. The plaintiffs want this. The plaintiffs bar, the lawyers, want this deal. And they want the deal because they see the writing on the wall. I've looked at the the writings of all these new uh, justices that, that Trump put on. They don't have a lot of time for the planets part. Yeah, the, cl- the talk is clicking. The clock is clicking. I like that. The clock is ticking. <laughs> and I, one of the things that I think that people don't understand is that the plaintiff's part is very happy. There's a lot of money. Eight point nine. That's a lot. It's even a huge even over a couple difference.
1: of decades. The, uh, the other gainer this morning, you know, Newmont again, Jim. As yeah. we watch what gold has done, but uh, finally, in the wake of the the dollar two month low here this yeah, morning. Yeah, I
2: think that gold is a reaction to if your deposits aren't safe, you got to buy gold. And, and that's opposed to, if your deposits aren't safe, you gotta buy Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin's lost, it lost a lot of tarn- you know, it's got a little tarnish there. But gold is, is right, and, and what's amazing to me is that the cheapest gold miner, the the best, hasn't done anything. And that's uh, Barrick. Barrick's got 2% yield, it's doing quite well, and if you wanna have a gold company, it's profitable, it's, that's the one to buy. Yeah. And Newmont is the leverage player, they have the much higher costs, So uh, if things go right, boom. But how about just the consistent good? That's Barrick Gold. That's what people should be buying. Uh,
1: Yeah. As for the dollar itself, Jim, uh, I mean, people talk about the differential if we're really ending our hiking phase, although New Zealand with a surprise 50 basis point hike overnight. I know. We're not looking for that.
2: No. I was listening to you and Sarah talk, and she was talking about Australia could be the arbinger. Uh, I'm telling you, there's no arbingers here. I mean, things are all over the mark. You know, I think Australia is really going to recap what it did, because if China turns on, that, that is an economy that is geared so toward China. So I think the central a lot of these central banks are are really putting their thumb in the air and thinking which way the wind blows. It's very unimpressive, central bank activity so far.
1: I'm glad you mentioned China. Um, reports that uh, Disney's meeting with some lawmakers to talk about it. Speaker McCarthy meeting with the Taiwanese president, this piece in the on the tape about Apple with so-called tiger teams where they're going through trying to identify weaknesses in their supply chain, but they don't want to move too much out of China for fear of retaliation. It's very
2: hard, too, because remember, the Chinese government, is if it's made in China for China, they like it because they want to employ people. And Apple has been, I think, very much in sync with the idea of the Chinese people are... Look, well, I mean, I've been trying to To walk my narrative back, I think the PRC, the government, after what happened with COVID, where the people rebelled and you had tanks in the street, I think the government realized, you know what, we're all powerful, but there's also people. And the people of China, I've never met anyone who says... You know what, I hate the people of China. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> My father worked for the people of China. He's right. like the greatest people in the world. They respect when he was 85, they said, oh, we love Mr. Kramer because he's 85. I mean, they have respect for their elders, as as, by the way, as Schultz did when he went over, He always had the breezes and he had their parents. Yes. I think there's more synergy between China and us. But the sticking point is where Speaker McCarthy is. It's it's Taiwan. And I think it's amazing that Speaker McCarthy right there saying, listen. We're not, we're defending. are What, what did you
1: make of the journal piece yesterday where they're slow rolling IP or deals, any kind of M&A, capital deals, because they're trying to push back against those restrictions they're facing on chips.
2: Well, I think that they want that Lamb research. Lamb research gave up $2.5 billion in sales, and they need that. They need the ASMLF. Uh, they can't make the next generation chips. Now, they're not like Russia, which I think from what, what I can tell is like using Pentium. Uh, But they need it in order to be able, if you're going to make efficient, if you want the the PLA, if you want the Army to be on par with us, you need our chips. Of course, that's not really advantageous as we're like, they're trying to fight them. Yeah.
1: as for Apple, uh, Jim mentions a B of 8 today, Wamsi Mohan goes to 168. It's Wamsi. Uh, Up 10 bucks.
2: He's always, you know, he's critical in the call. Yeah. That's very interesting.
1: He's, he's, been, I, he's been going between buy and neutral over the yeah. last few uh, years. I
2: mean, I, I, I looked at it and I said, geez, that's that's pretty positive. And service revenue, the margins are really good. So I thought that was a, a very nice statement and could mean that stock goes to all time high. And we don't have, uh, I have Tony Saganagan on, and he's going, just kidding, I don't. Just wanted to say
1: that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Tony's uh, with Bernstein, who's been critical, say, of Tesla. (laughs) Where, Jim, some of these um, market share numbers on EVs now, GM uh, surpassing Ford in terms of uh, U.S.
2: share. Well, but I want to come back. I'm going to press back on Ford. First of all, maybe Tesla's more of a commodity than we think. I was speaking to Steve Schur from, from Hertz. Remember, they've got all the Teslas you want. Hey, Tesla seem like a dime a dozen. Now, the F-150, I know that Brian Sullivan, which, you know, which I love, I'll tell you, his last call is as controversial as you get. He's saying on Twitter, why are there so many fairly low-mileage electric F-150 Lightnings for sale online? Well, you come back and you ask Ford about that, and online sales are declining. They're saying the F-150 Lightning are being sold above retail price. So it's people who are flipping for a profit. So I think that that's not a sign of inventory; it's a sign of demand. The F one hundred and fifty Lightning, incredible demand, even though they put through two price increases. Yeah,
1: interesting. Seven um, percent of all new registrations now are an EV. Number was four a year right.
2: ago. Well, the good. Um, look, I think Mary Bar doing a great job, and I think that there is a thirst for an American uh, EV, and I do think we have there's a little Tesla fatigue. And I think Tesla's a great company. But the idea of the 150, I mean, look, well, here's what I want to do. I want to go to the Eagles with my F-150 lighting. Of course, I have a Maverick that so doesn't have that. We have F-150 lighting. I want the big screen. You mean, watch so you Shefter. can tailgate? What? I want to watch Schefter, who will tell me if I can fill up my, my, my lineup. For, by the way, I did win fantasy, just for anybody <laughs> who's questioning whether you I finished, anybody you meet. I won first in the, in the Schlumpet-Dickle League. But what I'm looking at is the F-150 is a loved vehicle. The Maverick is loved. The Bronco, now that's Bronco is internal combustion engine. I guess who cares about those? They're only 93% of the market. (laughs) Ford's (laughs) doing so much that's right, and it's not getting the respect that I think it deserves. It's
1: um, just not. couple moves in the insurers today, Jim, as Ray J ups Cigna and UNH. (laughs) UNH, that's about a two-month high there, I think.
2: Yeah, and Humana's good. But we, we had some... And yeah, one of the things that happens periodically with these companies is everyone gets worried that the government's going to crack down on what they're paid. Then the government folds like a cheap suit from maybe Marshalls. And then next thing you know, the stocks go higher. And my travel trust owns Humana. We're very happy with that Humana. Medicare, the Medicare Advantage, by the way, if you're, if you had the misfortune of being on Medicare, meaning that you've got you a great program and selling so you on Medicare, you need the advantage. And I, I like the Umana plan. I did a lot of work on this. Yeah.
1: Uh, bros, uh, got some love today out of uh, WebBush, outperformed 37.
2: We often talk about the idea of under-promising and over-delivering. And I have to tell you that this company has been trying to get people to realize we're not under-promising. We're going to have not great numbers right now. When we go into a new area, we're going to have not great numbers. Please respect that. This was the first piece of research that said, even with the, the cautious attitude of the company, you want to own Dutch Bros, which is one of my, one of my absolute favorite stocks. Yep, because I know, I know. Anyone who's had Dutch Bros knows the Annihilator. You could have the United right now, and I'm telling you, go till Sat. <laughs> one Saturday, you'll start getting tired. Saturday. <laughs> By the time Faber's back, you might be actually sleeping.
1: <laughs> We're looking forward to Monday. Um, how about C3AI? What are we going to do with this one? Oh uh, this, my God. Uh, this short uh, letter, obviously. Well,
2: the, you know, the, there was a meme name for a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that those of us who know Tom Siebel uh, know him as a I've known Tom for thirty years. It, look, I, look, everybody can change. I mean, one of the things that you never get—you never get credit on this show if you say I know that guy for thirty years, he's okay, because who knows? Maybe in your thirty-one. But I, I, I think that the stock shouldn't have been where it is because the company's losing money hand over fist. I mean, that—that's a company that's not pivoted one bit. They are like—and remember, well, there was a comp. There, one of the comp calls, He basically said, Tom said, "Look, I've been running all these ads." I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. That was an unimpressive point. But I I do think that if you're not making money and you're an enterprise software company or a cybersecurity company, I'm selling you. And I'm selling you hard. And that's what's happened. That's what this market is about.
1: Uh, We mentioned earlier uh, Google arguing that their AI supercomputer is faster than the A100 (laughs) and NVIDIA, which has been on the market for a while now.
2: All right. So let's, let's. I've been doing some work on this. My experience is Google did not compare, this is just my own work because I'm looking about the uh, Grace Hopper, which is the two chips. Yes. That they did not compare to the fourth generation NVIDIA chip, the flagship H100, because the H100 came to the market after Google's chip. So I really start, I I think that this is a a canard, frankly. I think that they're not comparing apples to oranges. Because they know they can't. Because they know they can't. And by the way, curiously, they're their they're NVIDIA's partner. So I think they got to stick. I mean, I've been thinking about what Google has to do. Right now, if you work here, you get these pens for free. <laughs> That's how you make your quarter. No more free pens. They got st- rid of the staple guns, get rid of the pens, that they'll make the quarter. Google has got to get a little more realistic. They are a fantastic company with great advertising. YouTube didn't spare as well in that great Piper survey as I thought. Right. Uh, the cost-cutting ha- should really have to do with employees. That's where you save your... So you Mark think they're they're, they're... they're just overstayed.
1: Low on ideas of how to cut... I mean, you, yeah. You, you,
2: but you know Ruth Porat is... I think she's fabulous. And I love the way that they're handling chat. When They're, they're handling uh, artificial intelligence when it comes to... the They've come up with the ad queue, doing well. I think that... Mm. That search is just on fire it 's a great way the advertising business is good, but when you get the memos, they remind me of these memos on Wall Street where we have to save paper clips to make money and that 's not how you in the modern day Silicon Valley there were, you would say you go through six interviews to get a Google job and so what happens is they can 't fire you after they spend six months going over you so they, they have a problem that is actually something that doesn 't seem to a, Remember the scene in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when he takes the heart out? Uh, Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's Zuckerberg. (laughs) You know, he does it. It's like, boom. There's a little scary moment. And then boom, right? And then kaboom, kaboom, (laughs) kaboom. Google has to get a little bit more in the... Right? The darkest Indiana, that's for sure. Yeah, but that was just, I mean, to me, that was Wall Street. That was the movie Wall Street, right? And they got to do that. Now, look, I don't want Apocalypto. A great and very under-managed, you know, they did... Mel Gibson wasn't able to tell yeah, that story. Yeah. But I, I do think, I mean, it, look, Google's a great story. Alpha's a great story. They just kind of figure out which divisions just continue to lose money and close them. In the same way that if I'm up at Amazon, I mean, I was talking about peanut butter with my wife, Okay. Well, Jif versus, we're talking about Smucker. And the next thing you know, Alexa has seven different recipes of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, that's not what I hired Alexa for. Oh, look, look at these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Will you stop? What are they? They're losing like $8 billion on Alexa. And Alexa comes home and says, do you want to hear a joke about the chicken crossing the road? No, I just had the worst damn day of my life, and I don't want to hear that. Um, the last thing
1: I want to get with you before we get to data is your thesis about three camps of trading. Yeah. Right? Explain well, what they are. You okay, did this there's last There's people night.
2: who say that we're going in recession, so you got to own Pfizer and Then there are people who say we're, we're – and, and you got to sell every single cyclical. And then there's people who bizarrely say that because the uh, Google uh, balance sheet is really great, then they're never going to have a problem with First Republic. It's just Schwab won't impact them. And what I say to those people is we have something called earnings coming up. And if you're on that conference call for Alphabet, you will not hear a single thing about the balance sheet because it means absolutely nothing. Yesterday, the selling in the cyclicals was so vicious that I'm going to devote a whole segment tonight to companies that sold off as if they were about to lose all the business they had. Right.
1: I, we thought of you yesterday when Cat and Valero.
2: Oh and- my God! And Ma- Marathon, Pete. Marathon, right. Pete has been well. If they can't pass through the price increase of, of Alpha, it won't be that good. Now, someone I mean, of, of OPEC Plus, but NPC just. There was an analyst who liked it today, but I, I saw declines yesterday that were the equivalent of we're in a recession. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. And I, I can't find companies like you. Take a good company like Eaton. Or a great, com- take a company like Train, okay? Train is HVAC, which is just on fire. Why is Train doing really well? Because of climate. You need Train and you need Carrier because the biggest single way to save greenhouse gases is, is to bring those companies in. And suddenly they were trading as if they were just cyclical and they'd have no orders. They have a K through 12 program that was provided by the federal government, fully funded. Right now, these guys have orders. And you know, when you speak to When you speak to these companies, they're not seeing what the street sees. They're just not. So I caution people who want to sell these companies and just say, well, they're on their last leg. Talk to them. Now, maybe they're all fools. Maybe they're all just darn fools. And they don't know anything as they look at their order book that moment. But, I mean, I don't have their order book. But they do. They'll come on the show. And I say, look, how, how? Remember, these guys have really good sales. How are sales? Oh, last minute we sold. Look at five minutes ago, we sold to five in Paris. We, they, their numbers are so much better than Wall Street's, and the emotions right now are swinging so wildly yep, that yep. I think you need, you need 300 Lamictal, 300 mg Lamictal, you need 200 lithium at night, and 0.5 Clonopin right before you go to bed, and then 1.0 Xanax, and all this will go away. <laughs> Every, it would just all go away. And by the way, I'm not talking about any one of the serotoners. You don't <laughs> yes, need those. Yes. Not necessarily.
1: Adding to that uh, that surge, or that that shift in uh, in sentiment
3: is more data.
1: We're getting services PMI. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick.
3: Yes, these are March final reads, so they replaced the mid-month read, and 53.8 turns into 52.6. That's the lightest, well, uh, that's the lightest... Uh, actually I take that back 53.8 was pretty strong 52.6 isn't a bad number as a matter of fact it represents a number over 50 and consider that january december all the way back to june of last year were under 50 now if we look at the composite we replace 53.3 with 52.3 so both decent reads but both sequentially lower than the mid month read we see yields are down as a matter of fact every yield on the curve from twos to thirties has traded under yesterday's low yield and above yesterday's high price the weak numbers this morning continue to push in one direction rates lower and it certainly doesn't seem to be hurting the or helping the equities and that really is the biggest trade that people are studying at the moment don't study too long though because squawk on the street will return after a short break
1: Interesting confluence of healthcare stories today. We talked about J and J and the upgrade of UNH and Cigna, uh, but the, DAO, the big Dow the Dow gainers this morning, all in healthcare: J and J, UNH, Amgen, and Merck, taking S and P healthcare to about a two-month high. Dow's up 100. We'll get stop trading with Jim in a moment.
2: Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, one of the great debates that you have if you're an investor versus traders: What do you do when you had a really big spike up, like on, on? Just had a remark from them. Now, On is a very hot shoe. We know that. They got to a billion dollars in sales well ahead of when Nike got to a billion dollars in sales. But look at it. It's a red-hot stock. So I I think a bear downgrade. It it is too hot. But the problem is if you think this is a multi-year story like I, you have to buy it, not sell it. You have to hold on and be willing to take a little pain because these guys are amazing. It's not just because it's Federer. I mean, these these are amazing shoes. And I, I just find that anybody who has tried them or knows them knows that this thing could be It's the first one that could be the next number, and that's his toll order, because Nike is so great. (laughs) But, you know, Under Armour couldn't do it. Hoka, maybe, but these guys are special, and I would not sell it into this downgrade. I'd hold on to it.
1: Um, Interesting rotation today into some defensive names here, Jim. Uh, But overall, the index is holding here. We don't
2: have a bank. When are we going to see another bank go down really big? Where are the guys who just knock down banks every day? What are they doing? They, I don't know, maybe they're, they were hungover from the Phillies winning last night. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, I do want to point out, we do want to I, I continue to, to focus on the uh, terrible thing that the Russians are doing to Evan Gershiv. Yep. And this is a man who's a journalist, and he's a great journalist, and it's Passover tonight. And we wish he were back with his family. And I think the Russians, are, once again, should start looking at what they did right in the period of 1944. You know, they do a little more focus on Operation Bagration and how they decided to come to, you know, the, the fight to Berlin and a little less about fighting us.
1: We're thinking of him and, and the whole journal team. Yeah. Uh, tonight, meantime, you got FedEx.
2: Yeah, FedEx, and it's just a remarkable situation. I knew it was going to be up seven, it could be up 10. This is the beginning of the new FedEx. I love Fred Smith. He built an unassailable business, but the businesses were pyramided on top. That's the wrong one. They Just As they developed, they had their own sections and now he's putting them all together. And I, look, this man is the real deal, okay? And I can't wait to talk to him. Sean Connolly, you can say what you want about whether you are eating Chef Boy or D. We have to love Angie's popcorn. Uh, my daughter loves the Slim Jims for <laughs> sake. but they're putting out some new product, and they got the cost under control. They have to deal with all the price increases that they themselves had to deal with. I can't wait to talk to them. Nice deal. Yeah. You can't shoot the lights out. Of it. Someone's complaining to me that, you know, Jim, NVIDIA's overvalued. And I would say that it's been a rebellion since it was created. And how have you done?
1: <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. ConAgra up 2% here. Dow up 128.
2: Uh, we'll continue in a moment. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: You can start your day off right when you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first.